Hello and welcome to Giving Ventures, a podcast to help you grow your giving and change the world for the better. Each episode, we share innovative charitable efforts leveraging private philanthropy to solve public problems. I'm your host, Peter Lipset, Vice President at Donors Trust. This show is a product of Donors Trust, the oldest and largest donor advised fund focused on helping conservative and libertarian donors of all capacities simplify, protect, and grow their giving. My colleagues and I talk with a lot of groups doing great work. This show lets us share a bit of what we learned with you so you can discover new projects for your own philanthropy. Today I'm sharing with you a recent conversation we hosted that captures two donors and their perspectives on the ups and downs of the economic and political landscape. Both come from the world of finance and investing, and both have long been involved in conservative and libertarian think tanks and organizations. We recorded this as part of an ongoing webinar series we host for nonprofit leaders and fundraisers, so you will hear a few questions geared toward that audience. Whether you too are from a nonprofit or you are a donor trying to take the temperature of your peers in this strange economic and political climate, I think you will very much enjoy hearing what David Thayer and Tom Beach will share in this discussion and get their take on the direction the market is going, how they adjust their giving during this kind of uncertainty, and also the things that they like to see if there is a recession from the nonprofits that they support. Enjoy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our April webinar. We are so delighted to have you here with us. Uh, You know, one of the questions we get a lot is, what are you hearing from donors? You, Many of you on this call have come up and asked me and Lawson and Lucas and Stephanie and all of us that question. And it's not always the easiest question to answer because, well, things change. Uh, there's not always one consistent through line that all the donors are focused on. And then along comes some kind of macroeconomic crazy thing or, or a political thing. And donors do tend to shift a lot more. Uh, Well, today, we are going to let you hear the answer to that question straight from a couple great donors um, that that you may know or or will be happy to hear from. Um, Given all the wonkiness in the markets, the crazy political situation, you never know what's going to happen next. Um, We wanted to let you hear it straight from the horse's mouth. And and two of those great horses uh, (laughs) of the, the Liberty Movement, we have Tom Beach with us, who spent years in the investment world and founded Beach Investment Council. Uh, He is known to many of you on this call from his involvement in free market think tanks such as uh, Reason and Atlas, Commonwealth Foundation, Dunn Foundation on a grant-making side, Perk, Fee, and here at Donors Trust as well. And we also are happy to have David Thayer. David is a, a great friend to Donors Trust. He is the executive advisor at Blackstone, a role he took Uh, After his previous company, Harvest Advisors, was taken over by Blackstone in 2017, he has great experience in the financial side uh, that gives him a nice lens on what's going on right now, but also uh, is very involved in a lot of charitable causes and so has a good perspective there. And so let's start with this macroeconomic climate that is all over the place and everything was looking good. And then all these banks came back and said, oh, actually, we've just lost a bunch of money. Uh, David, why don't we start with you? The market's all over. Things. Um, what, what's your take on where are we in a recession? Are we going to a recession? Maybe, maybe not. And what does that what does that mean for us us in the charitable world? Sure. Thanks, Peter. Um, 
And let me simply launch into this by uh, reiterating that um, these are my personal views, not those of Blackstone, but um, but nonetheless, yeah, my personal view is that we are likely in a recession now and that it's uh, also likely to get worse. Um, unfortunately, later this year, perhaps in the next, it's harder to call the timing, but um, you know, it, it I'm sure reminds a lot of folks, certainly does me of the 70s where we're seeing inflation, which is likely to be elevated um, for a longer period of time, I think 2% uh, as the Fed is striving to achieve is unlikely to be uh, in our at least near future, perhaps even in our far future, so higher for longer. So sort of a stagflationary environment. And unfortunately, you know, I think we're um, perhaps falsely encouraged by the unemployment numbers uh, because a lot of folks are not in the workforce. They're not being captured in these low unemployment numbers. And so I think it's already worse than it seems. And then furthermore, um, it's my view that we're going to see some additional layoffs as, as the year wears on. So, you know, on the other hand, that may precipitate some rate cuts on the part of the Fed. And, uh, you know, there's this kind of bad news is good news thing in terms of the markets. Um, and furthermore, I mean, like, let's face it, the Fed can't keep, uh, and again, this is my personal view, but um, interest rates too high for too long. I mean, uh, we have you know, we're already seeing some stress in the banking system, as you mentioned, Peter, but in addition, um, you know, the federal the federal government itself needs to pay interest on the debt, and you're seeing some stress on the consumer side, but you're also going to see some on the government side as well. So that's my view. Yeah, it, it's already worse than it seems is a great, mm -hmm. great pull quote. Um, mark that one on a bumper sticker. Tom, what are you seeing? You're no stranger to the investment side with many, your many years. What are you seeing in the markets that are worth paying attention to? And maybe particularly on the fundraising side, we're not paying attention to. Yeah, well, on the markets, um, I think my view is broadly in line with uh, with David's. <clears throat> that I don't know if we're in a recession or not now, but it's definitely a weak and weakening environment, it's uh, it's worth keeping in mind that in all past periods such as this, um, we've had some some major accidents. Whether it was in 1969, 70, uh, the Penn Central going way back, uh, the mid 70s, you know, uh, the money center banks and so forth in the 80s. Uh, the Texas banks, and then in the 89-90 period, it was the savings and loan, and, um, and the Orange County problem in Mexico in 94-95, and last time around in 08, uh, it was the threatened systemic collapse of the, of the banks. So we're in that kind of a period, and we don't know what else is going to happen uh, besides Silicon Valley, but I think chances are pretty good that other issues uh, will develop. And so how did we get into this situation? And I think the concept that I have in mind is called physical fiscal dominance. And that's where uh, government policies regarding spending uh, disregard their budgetary implications and in effect force the Federal Reserve to increase money supply too fast, that leads to uh, recession or uh, to uh, inflation, and then to uh, and then later to uh, recession. And so we're going through this process 
And uh, I think in the inflation part is going to continue to look better and better. Um, and the economic part, as David said, is going to get weaker, which means that, um, you know, if, uh, if inflation was going along at 8% and volume was going along at one, well, you'd get revenue growth of, of nine. And now with inflation being maybe around four, going to a three handle before the year's out for sure. Um, and then you put that together with hardly any economic growth, maybe a recession, uh, revenues of businesses are, are not gonna grow much and they may actually fall. So that's a huge change and is gonna result in, in profit weakness. So, uh, you know, but the, other side of this is okay how much of this has have have the markets anticipated because stocks were down a lot this year and last year and and generally aren't doing very much this year except for the the technology sector so so uh i think there's likelihood of more bad news to come well it certainly gives the groups that are on this call a lot to talk about as you talk about this is kind of results from policy failing so so there is that to look forward to at least there's something to say but what does it mean for you from the, from where you sit as a donors i mean tom you you talked to a lot of donors you're on some foundation boards do you and people you talk to and david as well see donors pulling back getting skittish or, or are they doubling down in the hopes of using Think groups to, to turn this around? Well, from my standpoint, I mean, my everybody I talk to is very cautious and uh, very worried and concerned. Um, and, uh, and quite possibly for good reasons, as I, as I outlined. Um, but um, uh, as I say, the, the market's down a lot. People don't take that into account, but that's a potentially with the market and better pricing levels now and with the prospect, as David said, of rate cuts or at least uh, stop discontinuing the uh, increases after maybe one more, you know, that and then maybe coming down later in the year that uh, there's a possibility for some a much improved market. But but um, I, I don't think people are looking at that at all right now. And people are, are very, uh, very cautious, concerned. Uh, I haven't seen any organizations changing their budgets yet, reacting to these concerns in a, in a real way. Um, but um, I, I think we're in a, you know, in a position where now that may, that may begin to change. Well, I want to dig into that uh, a little bit more in just a second. David, did you have anything else any, from people you talked to, et cetera? Is it kind of echo what Tom said? Are donors keeping their powder dry a little bit? Yeah, I think they are. I would agree with Tom for sure. It, one other consideration, by the way, is that uh, especially with high net worth individuals, you may see tax rates begin to go up, which makes future giving more advantageous. And so there may be an additional incentive to kind of put it off, unfortunately. But uh, but by the same token, if we do see recession, you know, you're going to see additional needs and that may trigger some additional giving. And uh, I would add that um, 
there's certainly going to be a need, especially in this uncertain at best regulatory environment for additional giving to freedom oriented causes. So it's a tough call, but I, I would share Tom's view. And even personally, I think we're feeling a little bit more skittish at the moment. And uh, but down the road, there might be both um, sort of, you know, as it were, sort of a demand and supply dynamic whereby people might be more inclined to give. It's an interesting point about the making a bet that tax rates will rise in the future. And so therefore, it becomes more advantageous to hold, plus you don't have as much money. Uh, so, so that doesn't speak to a really great situation for a lot of the organizations on the call. Tom, you know, you're on a number of boards. You think about this really strategically. Any advice, any thoughts? Because we do want these organizations to succeed and, and find ways to get to yes. Any advice from your board perch of how boards and, and fundraisers and CEOs should be trying to take the hill even in a bad environment? Yeah, one other thing I, I forgot to mention before is, is that the, in the boards I'm involved with, generally giving this year has been quite good and they're continuing to go along well, but it's more skewed. The smaller and medium-sized uh, contributors are falling down and declining, whereas some of the larger ones have, have done more. Uh, so... Um, that's the, you know, that's the picture. And um, I um, no, I think contributing to organizations that support limited government and free markets is critical right now because these are the things that number one, drive the economy, lead to better times. And number two, um, are most under attack. So there's really, well, the, uh, you know, financial backdrop isn't so great at all. The need to give to these groups is as great as it's ever been or greater. Well, that's a little bit of optimism in there. We'll take it. Mm -hmm. um, and and the decline in the low and medium dollar donors is something we've talked about on on past ones of these calls and, and probably need to continue to dig into. Let's, before, I want to make sure we have at least a couple minutes for one or two questions from the audience. But I want to turn from the economic situation to the political situation, which, you know, is also weird and stays weird. Uh, we have some candidates who've announced for president. We have some who've bowed out, some waiting in the wings. And obviously the presidential race is not the only thing creating political wins. From each of your perspective, what concerns you most as a donor uh, and, and as a board member uh, that about the way the political winds are blowing that nonprofits should keep in mind? Neither of you can jump in. David, you want to go first? I'm suspecting there's somewhat broad agreement on this point. I mean, I think there was uh, uh, a shared sense of disappointment as to how the midterms panned out. I was expecting uh, the progressive wing to kind of get trounced, and they weren't as badly trounced as perhaps they should have been, given um, the, the nefarious activity of the first couple of years of uh, the current administration and lockdowns and other things that were less than popular. But um but, you know, of course, it's not um, an uncommonly held belief that the hard times that we are and may continue to experience will um, sow additional economic and social unrest. And, uh, and you know, it's also interesting, you have individuals like Vivek uh, Ramaswamy, who really is not a viable candidate, uh, although I like Vivek a lot. But what he's really doing, it seems to me, is shifting the so-called Overton window 
and forcing the other candidates to talk about things that may have otherwise been verboten. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that um, that people are paying attention to that and that the, the, the population at large thinks with their uh, their frontal lobes and not their lizard brains and uh, and uh, doesn't vote emotionally and instead looks to things that are actually going to revive the uh, the economy, which, in, again, in my view, is still struggling uh, as a result of uh, the last couple of years, not just of COVID-related lockdown measures and so forth, but also um, the really, you know, I said earlier, unpredictable, but it's really unpredictable at best, hostile regulatory environment and the threat of additional taxes. It's just really economically unproductive, needless to say. Yeah. Tom, what about you? What's your sense on the political situation and its effect on Giving. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's the sum of all fears, <laughs> because, you know, uh, there's a real chance, at least as things are shaping up right now, uh, that we'll have a replay of the last election. And I don't think most voters are enthused at all about that prospect. Um, Trump versus Biden is, um, is not the kind of a slate that is going to get people very very optimistic or engaged and um, you know so uh, and but it sure looks as if that's the um, going to be the outcome at at this point and uh, in that case I think it's very hard to predict the winner and uh, you know both will have their obviously very strong supporters, but also very strong negatives and anything can happen in that in that environment. So there's a chance that we'll come out with a result that would be, you know, and not a further drift to the left, but a stampede. And that's it would be enormously negative uh, for the economy um, and for the markets. Um, but on the other hand, if for some reason the Republicans were to sweep the field, um, I think there would be a reflex change completely back the other way. So in, into a market-oriented economy. And, and to follow on David's point briefly, the, the, the regulations are a major issue at this point in time. And... Uh, uh, those can all be uh, pretty dramatically reversed and, and offset with even more with favorable regulatory changes. So, so you've got a, 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 a you know a very uncertain uh, world, not only in terms of the politics, but I might just add that the international situation presents uh, great uncertainty as well. So we're kind of stuck here with perhaps more risk than opportunity. All right, I wanna, I had one more question for you. I'm gonna save it as a rapid fire question at the end and instead go to some of these great questions that are pouring in. Tom, you had brought up, I think, um, about nonprofit budgets reducing in response to recession or, or perhaps that they should. Do you think nonprofits should have a more keen eye on reducing programmatic expenses? And I guess for both of you, would you, would you look at an organization more favorably if they are reducing expenses in light of a weird situation or or the opposite? Yeah, I would look uh, very carefully at whether the organizations are planning 
to reduce expenses and thinking about it. <clears throat> so far as I mentioned that, you know, um, nothing has really happened to reduce their inflow of funding. Um, so things are okay, but I think they have to be prepared with a, a list of, of modifications of their programs to respond very quickly um, if things start to uh, deteriorate uh, further. David, anything you want to add to that? Would you uh, look favorably at an organization that is kind of proactively cutting its budget in terms of preparing for a recession? Yeah, I think so. That's the smart thing to do. I'm not sure the extent to which some donors anyway do that. Uh, one thing on, on which I would also keep an eye is, is focus. So this might not be the most propitious time to be expanding one's mission or scope. And um, maybe just focusing on what one does best is, uh, is the prudent course of action. That's a good point. Uh, well, I think that kind of segues into this other question, and this may just be a yes or no question, but in times of economic or market uncertainty, do you see donors looking to expand their portfolio to consider newer nonprofits to, to attack new problems? Or do you think most of them are just locking in on where they are? Yeah, my sense is that people are thinking about it and in, in the light of the way the economy and market are, are evolving and trying to uh, wishing to find new areas that they could uh, add to their list. Um, but they aren't acting on that to the extent they're able to identify uh, promising uh, sectors to support um, organizations. I, I don't think they're acting that much on it at this point. David. Yeah, I know, at least personally, and and uh, and there are a few folks to whom I've spoken who are uh, definitely focusing, sort of narrowing their aperture to focus on the, the causes about which they care most, and then and then perhaps also giving more to those causes. And um, uh, so that's just, you know, the worm's eye view from here. I think that's right. And it jives with what we see as well, although kind of piggybacking on what Tom said, I think as new problems emerge, donors get interested in those problems, but in yeah. a recessionary environment, they, they want to know who's doing the best work. And so uh, do the best work, <laughs> get mm -hmm. out there and do the best work. Oh, so many good questions here. Kind of a big, broad one. What is the strongest message a liberty-oriented organization can send to supporters in the midst of a recession? What do you think, Tom? <laughs> I thought you were going to maybe say in the midst of, of this political climate and I think you, and, you you take it any direction you want. It's our call. Uh, well, you, you know, I just would note that I I would think people would uh, uh, be noticing the deleterious effects of uh, large government government interference and uh, the lack of success. In fact, the outright failures of government policies um, is really uh, pretty stark right now. So if people are aware of that, that you'd think they would be inclined to, to, uh, to give to organizations that support limited uh, government instead. And, and to that point, Tom, it's also about uh, impact, of course, because uh, a lot of folks talk a good game, and uh, and especially at moments like this, we need folks to actually move the dial. And I would add that there there are emotional attachments that a lot of donors have to institutions that that uh, 
aren't doing them any favors. So I'm reminded of Ken Griffin's recent <laughs> donation to Harvard, <laughs> which is already swimming in money. And, uh, and you know, it, it immediately met with blowback. Um, so donate to causes that like you, not the ones that don't like you. I think that's, that's great advice for everyone, uh, donor or non-donor. Okay, so so here's a, there was a question that asked how fundraisers can best communicate with you, and not you specifically, the you is, is general, um, but frequency and style. That kind of dovetails into what I wanted to be the final takeaway question as we come up to the hour, um, which is, you know, in this time of economic and political uncertainty, is there maybe one thing that you wish the fundraiser across the table from you would do be doing more of or would always do? And is there anything they're doing that's kind of making you cringe? Yeah, <laughs> that's a tough one. I don't, uh, I would say that I've looked for them to uh, uh, comport, hopefully with imaginative solutions to the uh, problems we're facing now. One of the most important is uh, an incentive not to work. And, uh, you know, we're losing the, um, the incentive to work in our society. And that's a really, really worrisome thing. Um, and uh, to the extent we go further in that direction, it's gonna be very bad. So anybody who's working on that concept, I would find uh, very positive. And I don't know what makes me cringe at this point. <laughs> <laughs> there's David. a lot to make us cringe, I think. Yeah, there's plenty. Well, Peter, I would I would uh, maybe just um, uh, underscore again that um, focus and impact would be important. And um, as a sidebar, uh, I would mention as well that if things really are going to get worse economically, one might want to set aside some dry powder for when things get uh, additionally hairy. Um, and then so far as things that uh, make you go cringe, um, I would uh, I would just say again that, you know, it's just so critically important to be in full alignment with uh, your your donors. If you're a fundraiser, you need to make sure that, um, gee whiz, uh, I like this, where, where this guy's coming from and as a donor, uh, it's really just critically important to be focused on uh, on what they're doing and whether or not they're in alignment with your values, because I think we're mistakenly giving to causes that uh, that are not in alignment with our values and, and surrendering those resources to these other institutions when they could be allocated toward the freedom movement. That is a great point, a great note to end on that we have to go out and find the right people and, and make them connect what they really actually want and what they care about with the work that we on this call do. So I want to give a big thank you to to David Thayer, to Tom Beach. Uh, that was great, great insight. So much interesting stuff in there, and I hope you found it as interesting and insightful as I did when, when we recorded it. As many of you may know, a donor advised fund can offer you a helpful way to weather the uncertainties of the economic and political changing winds without creating disruptions in the giving that you do to your favorite organizations. When the economy took a bad turn in 2008 and again in 2020, donors giving from their donor advised funds were able to keep on giving right when the need was most critical at organizations across the country because of the funds that they'd squirreled away in their giving accounts. We at Donors Trust would be so pleased to help you in your giving if we aren't already. 
Visit DonorsTrust.org or email me at tellmemore at DonorsTrust.org so we can explore how a fund might be helpful to you and your giving. We will be back in a few weeks with a return to our typical programming, sharing three more great groups with you. Please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app so you get all the future episodes straight into your phone. And you can, of course, go to DonorsTrust.org slash podcast to find past episodes that you may have missed. Until the next time, thank you for being a giver. And let's talk more soon. Thank you.